are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Journeys Unconventional with me, your host, Allie Buckley. On this podcast, I will be talking about my unconventional journey and will be joined by a handful of exceptional guests who all have beautiful journeys to share with you as well. Keep listening and remember, be still. There is light at the end of every dark tunnel. Okay, so welcome back, everybody. I have with me today uh, Beth Sims, who is a host on Up To Me Radio, A Healthier View. And are you a co-host or are you just the host? I have another co-host, Dr. Clithero, that's been helping me. Um, let's see, this is season five for us. Okay. And he's been the co-host for the last year. So, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, welcome, Beth. Thank you for coming on today. Oh, thank you for asking me. I'm so excited. Yeah, this should be fun. So today we're going to be talking about um, mental health in in kids my age and kids is a loose term for that because it really kind of can be applicable to any, you know, age group here. We're just talking about um, stress and, and what we kind of went through with COVID and what the effects have had on, on our, our mental and physical health with that. So I brought you on because um, that seems to be your theme that you talk about in your podcast, A Healthier View is, um, you know, mental and physical health. And, and I think that it'd be great to have you on to talk about that for my demographic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I really, um, I think the whole, my philosophy in life is the body follows the mind. So if you're constantly stressed, if you're constantly, you know, mentally fatigued, then your body year after year after year, it's going to do the same and you're just not going to be a healthy, well-rounded person. So absolutely love talking about stress management and giving tips and and the importance of it too. Do you want to kind of like give an introduction on who you are, a little bit of background on you? Sure, absolutely. Well, I, as you alluded to, I am the co-host to with a healthier view, and I'm actually an exercise physiologist with certifications in nutrition, sleep hygiene, tobacco cessation, and um, stress management. So I just kind of hit wellness from all sides of the bang. And again, I, I work in corporate America as a wellness manager, and I've been doing this for gosh longer than I would admit, but you know, for about 16 years, for about 16 years. And I love it, especially when I have a success story. And I can tell you this, um, with the lifestyle management programs that we do offer the past year, stress management is the number one program that people participate in. It's actually become um, our most popular program because people are looking for ways to reduce stress and stress management tips and, and getting their mind right. Yeah. And I love that. Now, so is that any age is allowed to do those classes or, or those, what are the seminars or? Yeah, they're, yeah, it's kind of coaching classes within okay. the, the company that I work with. So any, to be honest, anybody above the age of 18, I'm very comfortable with when it goes below that, like a dependent that's stressed out, I will work with them, but I really want the parents involved at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so now where are, where are you doing these classes out of? Um, actually Louisiana and Texas. Okay. And now are they offered since with everything that happened with COVID, are are they offering an online version so that maybe somebody in California or Connecticut or wherever they could join in? 
Um, absolutely. If someone, you know, is interested, they can definitely reach out to me, um, you know, through you if they're interested for a one-off. But yeah, absolutely. I've been doing webinars and in different podcasts and whatnot. And, you know, even though I do work in corporate America, I'm kind of, I feel like I was born for this. So mm -hmm. someone in California or someone in New York or Australia or Spain, if they have questions or, or want coaching, I'm absolutely here to help. I do want to ask what, what got you into this? What made you want to go into this, this work, this field? Well, it's kind of funny. I grew up in um, as a cheerleader and dance and gymnastics, and I was a competitive gymnast. So when I was getting ready to go to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And right. my dad, who's also a coach, uh, was like, have you ever thought about being a health teacher, a PE teacher, a coach? So that's what I started off in in college. And then my gymnastics coach was like, hey, have you ever thought about kinesiology? So I changed my major, got into um, my first professional job out of college was at a YMCA as a senior program director. And then I got recruited with a big Fortune 500 company to run their international wellness program. So through that, even though my my focus was exercise and nutrition, it really morphed into other facets of health and wellness. And I call them the four pillars of health, which is um, nutrition, fitness, sleep, and stress. Keeping those all in check, you're going to have a healthy spirit, mind, body. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually think this is a great transition to kind of talk about the pandemic because with those four pillars, as we all know, those four pillars got very screwed up during the pandemic for not only just, you know, young kids, but everybody, everybody was thrown for a loop and everybody's um, schedule that they had for themselves was just completely thrown uh, out the window and people were, you know, people that were waking up at 7am, getting up early, getting, you know, a workout in and a healthy breakfast and then going off to work. Now, maybe we're not doing that and we're getting up at 10 and, you know, maybe missed a workout and stuff like that. So I do want to talk about like the effects that, of changing a schedule like that and then kind of going to such a loose schedule, I guess you could say what the effects of that can have on somebody. You know, absolutely. You know, and I'd like to start by saying, you know, stress. It's an awful, awful word, and it's even a worse feeling. I mean, we've all been there, but the thing is, stress isn't always bad. I mean, without it, we wouldn't be motivated to take steps to protect ourselves, to plan for the future, or even to perform, and what I mean by that is a certain level of stress helps us adapt to our environment, and it pushes us to excel and do things. The stress that's worrisome is the chronic stress, which is many people in the world, you know, that may be suffering from that right now. I mean, between the pandemic and the social, social isolation and the social unrest this past year, I mean, who wouldn't be a little bit stressed? Is this what you're most comfortable talking about is like stress and the mental health aspect of like what stress can do? Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm even here to talk about, you know, in tips to um, yeah. ways to reduce stress. But I mean, the thing that I really want people to know is you've got to come up with some stress management tips because, I mean, chronic stress and what it does to the body, it can affect you negatively in multiple ways. I mean, for example, research confirms that elevated cortisol levels can increase your susceptibility 
I can never say that word, to serious illnesses. I mean, sleep deprivation and even brain shrinkage, um, memory problems, not wanting to work out and, and going to those vices like smoking and drinking. And, you know, and honestly, when you're accustomed to not dealing with stress and bang, it's on your front door. I mean, years from now, people are really going to see, you know, the negative side effects when it comes to your health. So what are some tips that we could talk about or exercises either both mentally and physically that you know or have seen to be successful for people managing stress? You know, absolutely. I mean, that's a great question. Um, You know, and it's going to be different for everybody. Like Mm -hmm. if I was having a coaching call with someone Um, and someone's never exercised a day in their life. If I'm like, Hey, you know, let's go out and do this, even though exercise is really important. And that's my number one tip for everyone is get regular exercise. It's the best way to cope with stress. It can help your body return to normal hormone balances and it gets your mind clear. It really does. And there's science and research that backs this up 100%. So exercise Um, And here I am, I'm in the middle of a tropical storm right now. So if you can't get outside, you can march in place when you're watching your favorite TV program, you can do some wall push-ups, whatever, just get regular exercise. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A body in motion stays in motion. Yes. And so that's actually, I'm glad that you brought up that you're in a hurricane right now. And like, what can you do if you're not able to go outside? Because we have been so fortunate that the pandemic happened when it did, you know, we were kind of coming out of the spring going into the summer. So the weather was beautiful. And if we wanted to go outside for a walk, to walk the dog, to go for a run, to just be outdoors, that was an option. But what happens if say we go into another shutdown and we're in the middle of winter and I can't go for a run down the road because I don't want to slip on the ice. What are some other options that you would, you know, advise people to do that want to get moving indoors? Well, one, you can read that to me, but number two, YouTube. YouTube has some fabulous, absolutely fabulous um, HIIT workouts. I love those. I do those. I love those. I know. I know. And Heather Robinson is my favorite. She has some great HIIT workouts, um, some good walking. Like if I'm... if I'm like, hey, I'm just not in the mood to like really push it today. I just want to move. Um, there are some actually walking programs. If you sit there and march in place and walk and do side to side steps, you get your 5K, your, your three miles in, in within 30, 40 minutes. So it has everything from chair aerobics to um, walking in place to intense workouts too. So yeah. Well, and those fit workouts can really, whoo. My goodness, they really push you sometimes, but I do, I love what you're saying. Like if you don't want to push it sometimes and you need a rest day or you need something easy, like the walking in place, or like you said, the wall push-ups, those are great alternatives as well. And, you know, we can't forget about the population that um, maybe in wheelchairs or maybe, um, and I know at the beginning you had said you're gearing this, this show to the younger population, but I mean, come on, what, I think it's like 7% of the population, they're in wheelchairs or they're physically, you know, limited in what they can do. So there are absolutely some chair workouts that are pretty intense. You just have to look for them. So talking about exercising, not only just physically, but mentally as well, what are some things that you would recommend um, as a mental exercise that we that we would uh, use to cope with stress, n- not just the physical aspect of things? 
Oh, you know, and making time to engage in challenging activities like reading or painting or, you know, picking up a new hobby that's going to be challenging for you. I mean, I've always wanted to write a book, mm. which, you know, that's kind of, you know, far-fetched, but I've always wanted to do that. So, hey, you know what, if we go into a second shutdown or, you know, winter months, that's something that I may want to do. But, um, you know, think of something that you've always wanted to do, make it pleasant, make it challenging and, um, you know, go from there. And then I have to say meditation and um, try mindfulness training. I mean, that meditation can serve as one coping mechanism since it brings your, your attention to the present. It can decrease the amount of time you spend worrying about the future. So I really encourage people to, you know, just be still. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. You just said that I have a tattoo on my wrist that says be still. Really? I do. But, and I love that saying, because I think that it has so many different meanings, but in regards to the pandemic, being still with yourself was what resonated with, with, with me. And, mm -hmm. and, and I said it in my first um, premiere episode was, you know, this pandemic allowed me to kind of come home to myself and be centered with myself and really, really, really strip away a lot of uh, trauma and anger and things that I was really holding and harping, harping on for a really long time. And I actually found that meditation and journaling really, really helped me during this pandemic. But what I wanted to ask you, because meditation can be very intimidating, what's advice for somebody that has a difficult time sitting down and meditating? Well, okay. I am a type A personality and I'm a go, 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 go. So I have not mastered meditation. Mm -hmm. However, I, I will sit and be still a couple times a day, even if it's just for a minute. So I think the most important thing is not to stress yourself out in saying, oh, I've got to meditate for 20 minutes. Right. And I think ideally, you know, leading up to that is great. We actually did a show with Dr. Ann Wu on um, a healthier view last year. It was phenomenal. I encourage everybody to go back and listen to it. And she actually, um, she's a hospitalist in Austin, Texas recently got into, not recently, probably five years ago, got into meditation and she's a guru. She actually teaches classical hospitals around Austin um, to doctors and to patients about meditation. I have not mastered it, but I am working on it. So I think that my giveaway or my takeaway is don't stress yourself out. Even if you just sit still and work your way up, I'm just going to sit still and think of nothing for one minute. 60 seconds. I got that. And then the next day, you know, and the music, sometimes I'll listen to high frequency music, like 528 or higher, and that can really put me in a zone. And I think there's so many healing benefits from listening to that type of frequency music. Oh, big time. I actually just recently found the low frequency can help with uh, calming down. I think it's low, right? It's too it's two something. I think it's below the 520 or whatever that one was. And it helps you fall asleep. And it's just this low vibrational like tone basically that you just listen to. And I listen to it to fall asleep. Sometimes it's almost like a white noise for me, but it really does help get your brain to kind of just slow down. And I feel like I am able to slow my thoughts down. And then that in turn really does help me kind of get, you know, mm -hmm. just now you need to do a show about frequency and music because that's actually, I'm actually sitting in on a webinar, a class in two weeks 
about frequency and energy medicine and how frequencies can really help us or hinder us. So oh, listening yeah. to that hard rock, also need information, but listening to that hard rock, heavy music, even if you kind of like it, it's not necessarily good for your soul. Really? That's so upsetting to hear because I love rock music. <laughs> and I'm not saying all of it's bad. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm really getting into this, but anything. No, right I love this 40, because I'm big into music. I think music can be so healing and so detrimental at the same time. Mm-hmm, it can be. And a lot of the pop music that, and this may sound a little woo-woo to somebody, but do your research and do your studies. Anything around the 440 mark is actually not good for your health and it can make you angry. But anything a little bit lower is more of a relaxing Anything higher is a more of an uplifting, but I'm just getting into that as well. I want to talk about the potential of going back into another uh, lockdown what you might recommend for people in regards to stress, because that can be a stressful situation, thinking about the future. And obviously we don't have control over what happens. And that's kind of part of anxiety and stress is this lack of control. What do you recommend for people going forward? Uh, how, do we, how do we manage our stress in regards to the, the unknown with this? Well, at first, don't become overly absorbed in the 24-7 news cycle. That's number one. I mean, get your information and turn off the TV and have something to look forward to. There's evidence demonstrating that positive anticipation can reduce stress and anxiety because it leads to more hopeful um, thoughts. And it leaves less room for negative thoughts and worry. And that may be difficult because we can't go to football games or basketball games and picnics and, and marathons or whatever because of social distancing. But if it gets worse in the fall or there's another, um, you know, if the virus mutates and we go to another lockdown, you can still have something to look forward to. It might be this amazing, healthy meal that you're, that, you know, that you've always wanted to try and you're going to cook, or it may be doing Zoom dates with your friends and eating in front of your computer with your friends and having the same meal that you've all made together separately. And be creative, um, but have something to look forward to is really important. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And I know too, you know, going through this pandemic, we we all changed our normal and and we're doing things that we would have never done before. And I mean, it's funny, like you were saying, like, maybe doing a cooking class with friends over Zoom. Like, would we have done that before? No, we would have just gone and done it, you know, together. But now this is something that we can look forward to. And I am moving to Westerly in a week, basically. And my friend lives in Providence. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be closer to you. And then I was thinking, I was like, oh, but wait, we might go to another, you know, lockdown. And I'm like, well, good thing I've got my phone because, we, you know, even if I move closer, I'm like, well, I still can have, you know, this, we can go on walks together, but do it through FaceTime and we can cook together through FaceTime. Like we can still do all those things that I would have done moving closer to her in person, but now through FaceTime. So it is changing your mindset and looking at the positives of it, knowing that we've done it before and we're going to get through it because we got through it once. And you mentioned journaling. I mean, especially gratitude journaling. I mean, your thoughts and emotions are the very first things that you can learn to control no matter what happens in your environment. It's not easy. 
I'm not saying that, but take a look at your life and identify what's causing you stress. Pay attention to your moods and try to identify the thoughts and beliefs that may be contributing to them. Now with journal, journaling, because I, I personally, I enjoy writing, but I do have a more difficult time with follow through on staying up on the journal. Do you have any advice on like how somebody sticks with it? Because like it almost becomes sometimes I feel like it's a chore. I'm like, oh, I didn't journal today, but then I don't do it. And then I'm like, oh, I haven't done it in a week. Shoot. And then, then I like beat myself up almost because I haven't done it. And it's kind of like working out a little bit too, where it's like, you know, one day I forget or not forget, but I don't want to. And then it slips into a pattern like for journaling or just like, even with meditation, you were kind of saying like starting small, is it the same with journaling? Do you start small? Like what are some ways where you can make it a longer lasting hobby? Well, I, my first thing is I would say either do it in the morning or your lunch break or the evening before you go to bed and have you know your journal and a pen right next to your bed or on your desk. So that just kind of create a pattern to make it a habit. So it might be like you wake up, you let the dogs out, you brush your teeth, um, but before you get ready for work, something as simple as like, this is my 10 minutes of journaling, my 10 minutes of meditating and write and start three times a week. It doesn't have to be every day. I would like to see people do that every day because I think it does help, but you know, set an alarm, like five minutes of just writing down either nonsense or gratitude, write 10 things that you're grateful for or 10 things that bring you joy or do this before you go to bed. So keep um, a pattern, keep that similar time. And that's really going to help with being consistent with it. So that would be my first tip. And then don't beat yourself up. It doesn't have to be like, I mean, we're both women, like dear diary today, (laughs) you know, it doesn't have to be like that. Something as simple as I'm going to write 10 things that brought me joy today or 10 things I want to do. It can be a to-do list. Just really, you know, writing down your thoughts can help you sleep. So I like to do that before I go to bed. Um, Am I consistent? No, but I'm going to say at least two to three times a week, I do journal. Yeah. And that's, and I love what you just said about like getting your thoughts out before going to bed because I journal before bed as well. Mm -hmm. And I've actually turned it into like, I, I do like handwriting, but I find it is sometimes easier to like either type it out on my phone or on my, on my laptop, whatever is most accessible to me. But I do find that getting those thoughts out, whether it is a dear diary moment or it is a to-do list, whether, whatever those words or thoughts are, getting those out, are, it's so therapeutic. I feel like I took this humongous weight that was just sitting on my chest and removed it. And now I'm like, I can go to bed now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got it all out and I can just go to bed. And you'd think that if it feels that way all the time, why don't we do it all the time? Do you know like why as humans we get in these funks of not being able to follow through with those types of things? I think we're not really, we're just kind of lazy people. I mean, when it comes to working out, I mean, I'm an exercise physiologist and sometimes I'd rather eat my shoe than go for a run or (laughs) a workout. So seriously, I think we just kind of take the road that's less traveled sometimes. And that takes commitment, whether it's eating healthy or whether it's, and I want to talk about that too, because that can really affect your moods too. But, um, you know, or, um, or journaling or working out, you just have to do it. It's like brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're not like, eh, I'm not going to brush my teeth for three days. You're going to do that. So it becomes a habit. And that is the key. It's just something promise yourself, like, Hey, listen, I'm going to start journaling three times a week. 
You can pick a day, whatever that is your goal, and you're going to do it for three weeks. And then after three weeks, you're kind of like, you're going to reap the benefits from it. So you're going to stick with it more likely. So that's really what I, you know, encourage people to do is just stick with it. Promise yourself, set an alarm, be like, this is what I'm going to do. This is my time. And after three weeks, it will become a little bit more of a habit and, and you're going to look forward to it. Right. Well, and I love, you know, the word that you keep using is a habit. And I think sometimes we can associate that word with a negative habit, but it is, it's, we're humans, you know, we build habits. And if we keep doing something and you continue doing it, well, you're probably going to continue to do that without even thinking about doing it. And so, yeah, I, I love that. I think that's great. Just kind of starting and, and doing maybe two to three days a week, setting that time for yourself. And, and even that's almost like a form of meditation too, because you're blocking out a period of time for yourself to be present with, with your writing and your words. Yeah, I do have to ask you this. Have you ever heard of tapping or emotional freedom technique? Tapping? Yes. I think I have, but I could be completely missing the mark here. Is that where they're tapping your like body? Yes, you tap different meridians on your body. Now, I heard about this about five years ago, and I was like, well, that's about the craziest thing I've ever heard, yeah. and I tried it, and I felt goofy. I felt like kind of like a monkey, because you're tapping on different meridians on your body, your head, your shoulders, Are you doing your it yourself? No, or do you have but, but no, no, you do it to yourself. You do okay. it to yourself, but... I'm actually going to challenge you because I want to start this again because I read about it. I hear that it's amazing. There are YouTube videos and I have tried and tried and tried. It's kind of like I'm now getting into meditation. So I'm hoping that kind of morphs into tapping, but I really want to encourage you and your listeners, your audience members to, to look into EFT, which is emotional freedom technique because research and science, science, shows that it does re um, reduce acute or chronic stress and can improve sleeping habits. So it's something that I'm, I'm personally going to start um, doing, you know, at least three times a week. Okay. So can you just like walk me through really quick where some of the main, what are they like pressure points? What are, what are you calling them? Call meridians. 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 You start um, on your and again, without this being audio, not video, it's hard to describe, but you start on a, um, you take two fingers and you tap on like your thumb, they call that the karate chop. And then you, okay, some of the points above your eyebrows, the top of your head, underneath your cheeks, above your lips, below your lips, at your chin, at your collarbone, and underneath your armpit. So those are just a few of the tapping points that you tap just for like five, 10 seconds as you're saying something positive. Again, I'm not an expert, not an expert, but I do encourage people to look into it because there's so much research and again, science that backs it up. Yeah, very, very cool. And I've very briefly heard of it. I don't even remember the last time I had seen it. So that's cool that it's coming back into the scene. Is that what you're saying? Like that's something that's kind of becoming a little bit more relevant now? I think so. I think this COVID thing has really gotten people thinking, what can I do um, at home by myself? Um, and, and just ways to reduce stress and ways to keep, you know, again, the body follows the mind. Mm -hmm. And we all are trying to think of new and different ways to be mentally healthy. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19.
This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Well, I really want to talk about diet because I think that plays a humongous, you know, factor into both mental and physical health. Um, and then, you know, obviously how that can affect our stress and, and our anxiety and stuff like that. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and, and kind of the dangers of having an unhealthy diet? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we all know eat healthy, eat healthy, eat healthy, but why do we eat healthy? It's not just to like the scale. It's to not look down and say, oh, I'd like that numbers or fit in your into your jeans or or look good in your swimsuit or whatever. It's basically we're eating healthy for a healthy spirit, mind, body. I mean, eating a nutritious diet that includes balanced meals um, will help hormone balance. And we know hormones is what makes us happy or makes us sad or makes us stressed or have, gives us anxiety. So when you eat healthy, um, those vitamins, those minerals, those amino acids, that protein can really keep your vibration, can really keep you healthy um, and help with your mental health, stress and anxiety, even depression. Wow. A lot of people have success if they change their diet. And the key is you can't really cheat. You have to be pretty strict about that. And nothing tastes as good as being healthy feels mentally and physically. So if you look for that sugar, you know, fix or whatever, because it tastes good, know that for about 10 minutes, your dopamine and your serotonin is going to go up. It's going to make you happy. That's a comfort food. But after about that 10 to 20 minute mark, you're going to have that sugar crash. And whether you realize it or not, it affects not only your body, but affects your mind too. So I tell people, I emphasize eat whole foods like fish and chicken and grass feed beef and free range eggs, whole grains, nuts, seeds, olive and coconut oils, and lots of fruits and vegetables. All of those, we talked about frequency a few minutes ago. All of these foods have high frequency. They make you healthy. They make you happy. And low frequency foods like sugar and processed foods and box foods all have low frequency and they're just going to make you really sick. Yeah. And I think, and it's so hard too, because when you're, you know, cooped up in your house, you know, you don't have to worry about getting into a bathing suit this summer. So we thought, and you know, who's judging and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you might've snuck an extra cookie or you might've been eating too much pizza or something like that. And, you know, I definitely noticed that during the pandemic, like I would be like, oh, well I can eat, you know, blah, 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 because we're in the pandemic. And then I totally noticed that my mood was just so off. Mm -hmm. And I really was trying to, in the beginning, at least I was so good about my diet and my working out. And I really kind of like, I hit a point in the pandemic where I was just like, oh my God, I can't like, I need to, I need to lay on the couch and have like pizza for one day. And so what I was going to ask you is like, what, without being so strict where I don't, I can't enjoy any of those foods. Like what's a better balance for somebody my age where I can still enjoy a sugar or a low frequency food without feeling guilty about it or without disrupting my hormone levels? Well, okay. I tend to be pretty strict when I coach people. I, I do know, I can honestly say that I probably have what I would say a quote unquote cheat meal, maybe four times a year like pizza or nachos or cake or something like that. But it's taken me a long time to get where I'm at to do that. I would say a good rule of thumb for the average person is know the risk versus reward when it comes to healthy eating. Know that pizza and cookies and whatnot are not going to do your body or your mind or your soul any good. 
and may taste good. Remember, we have that, you know, five to 20 minute mark of it like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy pizza. It smells good. It's comfort food. But a good rule of thumb, because I know I'm a realist too, is 80% healthy, 20%, you can have what you want. Okay. Well, and that's interesting because those numbers are also used for diet and, and working out and it's 80% diet and 20% of the working out. So that's okay. interesting um, that those are the same numbers. Yep. 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 Even uh, though I'm an exercise physiologist, I always emphasize the importance of food. Let food be your medicine. Right. I think it's interesting that you, like you said, you only have a cheat meal like four times a year, you said? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mine's like four times a week. No, I'm, I'm kind of kidding. <laughs> you know, and, but, you know, and we all, well, I, it kind of started with me is once I was in the public um, or in front of the company, I'm like, you know what, the older you get, and I wasn't working out as much. I put on a few pounds. I'm like, one, I wanted people to take me seriously. Um, and two, I just really wanted to be healthy. So it's one of the, it's kind of the gift I give to myself. Yes. Trust me, I have a sweet tooth. And this has been, it hasn't been an overnight thing for me. It took me probably about four years to get to the point where like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I don't have it in the house. So when I do have it, I know that's not going to cause chronic inflammation in my body because it's not, I'm not constantly putting it in my body. So, you know, I probably could do once a month, but I've really just kind of, it's again, it's a gift for me. And it's taken me about four years to get here. It was one cutting back on sugar. Cause I used to eat sugar, a muffin for breakfast. I've had a granola bar for a snack. Then I'd have a cookie for dessert at lunch. And then for dinner, I would have, honestly, it was sugar all day long. Not good for you. And it goes beyond the scale. It goes beyond the scale. Yeah. Right. Well, and more so like talking about the diet, I, it wasn't about like, how do I get skinny out of quarantine? It was more of, you know, the mental, the mental health aspect of it and how can I make myself, you know, feel better. And, and yeah, obviously we all want to look a certain way and want to feel good about ourselves. But like you said, it's not the number on the scale because that, that doesn't matter. It's about how I'm feeling mentally and, and how I'm feeling individually, physically with my own body and how my body reacts to certain foods. And so, um, yeah, that's definitely super important to keep in mind. Unless there's anything else that you really wanted to talk about that I missed, we can kind of go into the portion where I asked you to bring your quote, but I I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything that you wanted to talk about. You know, I guess the last thing is I want to tell people is get outside and get some sunlight exposure for vitamin D because vitamin D is so important for mental health. And most of us are vitamin D deficient even before COVID. Mm. So if you're not supplementing with the vitamin, then get out, get your, you know, get your sun exposure. Well, and I was actually listening um, to a podcast the other day that was saying that zinc, vitamin C, and vitamin D are the most, uh, the most important vitamins that you can be taking right now during COVID. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And most of the deaths are from people that are vitamin D deficient, like they're in the teens. And I'd like to see vitamin D levels between 50 and 70. Now the FDA says 35 is fine. I like to see it just a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. So between going outside and then just taking like supplements, is that basically the only way that you can get vitamin D? 
I mean, you can get it in some fortified foods, but okay. I'm not a big dairy fan because I think dairy causes inflammation. Um, and you don't want to take too much because it can affect your parathyroid. It can actually make, um, believe it or not, it can affect the calcium in your bones. So you never want to get too high. Um, it can affect your heart. So anything above 88 um, really is detrimental to your health and not good. So I don't want people to go out there. I mean, if you're taking 2000 daily, you're going to be okay. But if you're taking high doses, like 10,000 a day, you can actually harm your, your heart and your bones and have long-term consequences. So, um, don't play around with your vitamin D, get out, get tested. And it's a fat soluble, um, supplement. So if you are taking a supplement, you have to take it with some like almonds or walnuts to make sure it's doing its job. It's not water soluble, it's fat soluble. So you have to take it with some sort of an avocado, just a little bit of fat. Okay. Wow. And now uh, those numbers are universal for any human. It doesn't matter whether you're male, female, 25, 55, that doesn't matter. That's all correct. Okay. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how do I know if I'm vitamin D deficient? Is this just all like through blood testing? It's all through blood testing. It's a very, very simple test. You can go to your doctor and get it. It's a very, um, one of the most recommended and um, blood tests out there. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for all of that. I mean, I've learned so much today already. Oh, good. I did ask you to bring a quote today. I did. Yeah. You know, and it's so funny. I actually kind of toyed around with this. I was kind of going back and forth with a couple of um, things, but my first one is because I am a health and wellness professional is test. Don't guess. That's my, that's my quote. And that may not be kind of what you were thinking I was going to do. No, no, no. It's whatever you wanted to bring on. So test, don't guess. You and the other one is nothing tastes as healthy um, as good as being healthy feels, and I said that earlier. So those are kind of my two quotes. And the test, don't guess, kind of goes back to the vitamin D. I want to make sure that people are testing and not guessing when it comes to your health and your blood work and your cholesterol and your um, your weight and your blood pressure because all of those biometrics or early indication of disease. So I really want, and we're seeing people in their 20s and their 30s with heart disease and depression and obesity and, and high cholesterol and high triglycerides more than ever before. So test, don't guess. And then nothing tastes as good as being healthy feels. Those are my two quotes. Well, Beth, thank you so, so much for coming on. I do want you to... Um, if you want to drop like an Instagram handle that you have for the show or anything that you want to plug um, for your show, please, please, please do. Yeah. Just check us out at a healthier view. And if anyone has any questions, please email me or Dr. Clitheroe at a healthier view podcast at up to me radio.com. Great. Thank you so much, Beth. Thank you for having me. It was fun. As always, you guys can go and follow and subscribe to all of our shows at up to the number two, meradio.com. All you have to do is click on the subscribe button on our show page, and then you're subscribed to our show, baby. It's as easy as that. You guys can also send me an email to abuckley at up to meradio.com. Thank you so much for listening this week, and I will see you guys next time. Have a great weekend. Bye.